Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, and relationship coach. I am also a Christian who for years grew up in a religion that taught me to fear God instead of have a relationship with God. It wasn't until I lost my religion and developed a relationship with God that I was able to understand how much God really loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different path and a different journey to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Finding Guy podcast. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. My guest this week is Elizabeth. Elizabeth Bristol is a passionate author, speaker, and educator. She has spent her life learning how to overcome the pain of emotional abuse and neglect through Christ-centered care. Writing about her experiences as a people pleaser, victim of abuse, and struggling with self-esteem, Elizabeth shares her journey into a relationship with God who helped her break free from the lies that were running rampant in her head. Lies like, you're doing it wrong. God met Elizabeth where she was and began to show her how he loves her unconditionally, no matter what she's done. Now she's on a mission to help other people believe that God loves them unconditionally as well. So without further ado, here's the interview that I did with Elizabeth. Hello, Elizabeth. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Kiana. I'm so, so excited to meet you. And I love the theme of your podcast. Finding God is one of my favorite topics. And so I'm so grateful for what you do and helping other people get to get to know God. You know, what better way than to learn from each other, right? So I'm very excited to be here. You know, excited to have you as a guest because I do think that when you hear other people's experiences, it does help you where you are in your Christian journey. So thank you so much for being a guest and for being willing to share your story about how you found God. Mm, I love to get to do that. So thank you for giving me an opportunity. <laughs> you are welcome. So I'm going to start off with our introductory question. And that question okay. is, what was your childhood like? My childhood was... It was, let's see, you know how you always think your childhood was normal. (laughs) I grew up in church. My mom is a pastor's kid. So she is from the South and my dad's from the North. And so they married and settled um, about 30 miles outside of Boston. And so we went to a congregational church there. And um, I always think it's kind of cool that the town was built around the church back there. That was kind of common for what they did. And um, so, yeah, but I only went because my parents made me go. I, (laughs) I'll confess, (laughs) I helped with Sunday school, but again, that was only so I could get out of going to the service. It's so bad. I love the community. I love the people. Um, But what you say again on each one of your podcasts is key. When it came to God, I needed to lose my religion and get to know God. Um, 
but it took me a long time to want to know God because that religion made God boring to me. I thought God was boring and I'd have no cool friends. And it was filled with a lot of, you know, can'ts and have tos. And I wasn't interested in that. So awesome. it was a while until I found God an adventure. And when I learned how to have a relationship with him and found out how much fun he was, it was a whole different thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I can understand the whole boring part, the what to do and not to do and everything, because I experienced the same thing. And I think it's true for anyone who's been in the church since they were a child. It's just like, okay, so this is what you can do. This is what you can't do. Right. And your friends can do all this other stuff and seem like they're having fun. Yes. Not doing anything. <laughs> so I totally understand where you're coming from with that whole thing. Yes, exactly. A lot of my friends went to a different church and then I wasn't allowed to go. So yeah. I, yeah. So what yeah. reason did your parents give you for not being able to go to another church with your friends? They said, we are not Catholic. They said, we are, you know, congregational. And you know what the weird thing is, is that's about the time that somehow I, I was still going to youth group and stuff, but, but I ended up, you know, doing drugs with my friends because I couldn't go to Catholic youth group. It was such an odd thing that, that, yeah, I know caused a strange situation. Yeah, and I find that to be intriguing because, you know, a lot of people think, okay, well, if I keep my kid in the church and if we only have these amount of friends and only do these things, then my kid's not going to do this and my kid's not going to do that. But what they fail to realize is sometimes the kids in church are doing these things. And because right? you only let them hang around certain kids, they're going to do the same thing. Because I know when I was younger, we I, we didn't do drugs or anything, but I don't know, for okay. some reason back in the day, it was like going to the club. Or <laughs> yep. all these after party things on campus once we were in college right? and stuff. And it was funny because it's like none of us really talked about going, but we would see each other. We were all in college. All my <laughs> friends, we were all in college. We went to different colleges, but in the area where we lived, there was like three or four colleges in the same area. So we all went to different ones. And so we would see each other in church and we were doing all of these things, youth leaders and all kind of stuff. And then Saturday nights or weekends, you would see us at college parties, having a good time, going to clubs, but we would never really, we saw each other, but we would never you say hi it. or would you hide from each other? <laughs> no, we would say hi because we knew yeah. each other, but it was like a code, like, okay, I see you here, yeah. but I'm here too, yeah. so we're not going to say anything about it <laughs> outside of this. So you just, you know, give each other like nod the head or <laughs> something like that, like, absolutely, me. and then we would, um. <laughs> And then we go to church like nothing ever happened. And all of us yeah. would listen to like music that was not Christian all on the way to church. And when we get to the church, we turn it off. Like, turn, okay. Yeah. And then we go to church yes. and we come out and then we turn it off. <laughs> so I told right? you that, but we all did the same thing. And it's funny because we went to church school together. We went to church together. We had socials together. We were around each other all the time. But it's funny how we all wow. did the same thing because yeah. we we're around each other all the time. And it was cool. Wow. It was cool to us. <laughs> so I can relate to your story about how we're all in the same thing, but people don't realize just because you're in church doesn't mean that the same things that happen outside of church is not happening inside of church because we're all human. We're all sinful. And I think all of us, if we yeah. are, especially if you're brought up in church, it's difficult sometimes to cope yeah. with things, talk about things because there are things you don't talk about in church. There are things 
they're not discussed and things are swept under the rug. So I totally get why yeah. that happens. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't just you, not just me. I'm sure a lot of kids are doing right. because it happens right. a lot. Especially back then. I hope it's different these days. But yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I do too, but I don't know. Hopefully things have changed. But I know that the whole culture of church does not allow for you to, to be real. differently, be real, be honest about anything. So I get that. Right. Right. So did your parents ever find out what you guys were doing or like? What oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, so I totally rebelled, right? The drugs, the alcohol, the boys. And each time I made a big mistake, I ran. Um, But you know what? It's really weird. Let's, you know, I was thinking of um, that story, but the better story I think is, you know, taking a root, taking a look at the root of it for a minute. You know, Mm -hmm. when I was thinking about talking to you today, I was thinking, you know, true or not, I believe that our beliefs get embedded inside us and we take actions on what we believe. Right. And it kind of guide us like a rudder of a ship or something. And so for a long time, I didn't get that I was believing lies. You know, I didn't recognize the thoughts that were propelling me. Um, I just listened to that voice in my head that was screaming loudest. And, you know, my parents had really high expectations. And so my dad was always saying, you know, he would, he'd scream it too. So it was kind of his, (laughs) his voice, you're doing it wrong. And so that lie sent me in a spiral, you know, of trouble. But it also played a role in helping me to find my mission later on. So that part was good, but took a while. A little bit about, tell me some more about the lies that you mentioned. I know you say your father was like, you're doing it wrong, but I'm sure there were other lies that you were led to believe. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Like one of them, that's another really bad one. I thought if I wanted a boyfriend, I had to have sex to have a boyfriend and, um, you know, I, there were just things like that, that honestly, I could probably make a list of eight or 10 of them. Yeah. And so eventually, I ended up being drawn into inner healing and understanding how easy that is to, um, to let God change that, you know, but again, like I said, it probably took it took a good 15 years kind of on the run. I didn't actually commit to the Lord until I was about 26. So I left, you know, church about high school, Mm -hmm. heading off to college, like, see ya. (laughs) And, you know, went on the run. And, and thankfully, some of that running it was, it was traveling, you know, I okay. ended up that that was not a bad version of the running, the drugs and the alcohol were, but, um, but like I ended up in Africa and, um, oh my word, have you ever heard of an overland trip? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a camping trip, right? Mm-hmm. So we got in this big truck in London and drove, we were going to go to the bottom of Africa and, um, we camped and we, um, you know, we took turns shopping in markets and cooking yeah. for each other. And we did all these cool things like camping with pygmies and, um, climbing a volcano or hiking out to see gorillas. And so, um, and that place, um, yeah, it was, it was, I began to, I didn't recognize that I was looking for God, right? right? You know, I thought, God, no, thank you. And I would have never called it prayer, 
But, mm-hmm. you know, each night I kind of sit out in front of my tent and wonder. And, um, and he, it was like, as I thought, you know, I thought it was me just thinking, looking at the sky and how beautiful it was, but I don't know. It was like, God be, you know, he's always with us, right. Mm-hmm. And he's always around us, but we don't always recognize that. So Thank at you. first I didn't quite get it. And it was, um, yeah, it was, it was really good to, um, yeah, to, to sit with him and process things. That's awesome. Now you said at first you didn't realize that. So apparently you must have heard God trying to reach you, trying to connect with you before. So tell me about a time before where you felt God was trying to connect with you, but you kind of didn't connect back. Didn't connect back. Let's see. Um, This one place where I really started to recognize, you, you mean when I recognized it was him or, or not so much? Well, it's up to you. It can be a time you recognize it was him, or then maybe there's a time you didn't recognize it was him, but you're like, wait, this is strange stuff. And where is this coming from? Either one of those times would be perfect. Well, and I think what happened was in Africa, I didn't really get it was him. Um, Right. So, and as I started to recognize that, I would kind of jokingly say it was Fred, you know, I called God Fred. (laughs) It was, you know, more approachable, you know, and I just began knowing things. So I was still trying to figure all that out. But when I crossed the line into recognizing him, I was on, out on a walk one day and I, um, I, 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 three weeks in a row, I was out walking and I ran into this rabbit that looked like the same rabbit. And it was the weirdest thing because I wasn't in the same place. And so it wasn't the same rabbit. I'd never seen rabbits in these places locally before. Um, and it looked like the same exact thing. So for a minute, I don't know, I kind of thought, maybe that was God. Does that sound weird? Like, a, but who else could inhabit a rabbit? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it got my attention because I, I thought, well, you know, he is all about nature yeah. and I'd be taking these thinking walks and I was beginning to be more open and looking for him. So I was, you know, looking in that way and I'd see these rabbits. And um, so I kind of thought, you know, what does he want for me? You know, like what, why is he meeting? And, um, and up until then, cause I'd been so bad, I, I thought he was going to be mad at me yeah. and, you know, but it, but it wasn't like that at all. It was so peaceful. And it was like, he, you know, he, he approved, you know, he approved of me being there and me wanting to think with him and talk to him. And um, so it kind of became like a treasure hunt to find more of him. You know, the Bible says when we search with him, for, search for him with all of our heart, he will be found. Yeah. And that was kind of the place I began to get close to him. That's amazing. It's amazing. Well, first, I find several things amazing. The first, the fact that you were over in London and then you went to Africa. And once you got to Africa, you start recognizing that this was God calling you. This was God yeah. talking to you. Yeah. So what happened next? What happened next? Well, the trip in Africa, um, ended abruptly with a, um, a really bad accident. And, um, so yeah, I would, I, that's actually, um, the opening part of my book is Africa. And, um, I ended up at home because of that accident, but I didn't want to be, um, you know, I didn't want to, uh, be afraid to travel after that. And so immediately a friend of mine invited me to go on a sailboat to the Caribbean. 
And um, she was take, getting a job there, and she asked me if I would come along with her for the ride to crew, it's called. And I thought, I don't want to be afraid. Okay, I'm going. You know, it was free. I didn't have any money. <laughs> and so we got on this this thing, and it was it was like several adventures inside one adventure. You know, it was, I think anyone who has had an experience on a boat would have maybe a similar story. You know, at one point we had no wind, it was a sailboat, so we couldn't sail. Yeah. Then, you know, the gas contaminant, all these things. And then the storms, right? Um, so yeah. it kind of, the the ending of that segment of my life was a storm at sea 30 foot seas that um the galley the kitchen was filled with five feet of water and literally I thought we were going to hit the bottom of the ocean (laughs) so you know I said one of those universal prayers this was kind of like when I really committed to the Lord you know that one of if you save me (laughs) I will do what you want (laughs) yes And so it was really cool. And that's when I found out not only is God real, but he's super personal and he wants a relationship with every single one of us. And, um, and when I started to hang out with him, his adventures are even more wilder, but more fun. You know, he's not, not fun. And, um, and I think that's our instinct, isn't it? I think maybe he put that in us, like when we're life gets super hard, we cry out to him. I think he wants that from mm-hmm. us. He wants to heal us, right? He wants to help right. us with our problems and, and to laugh with us and share his good ideas. And um, so, yeah, yeah, that was when I'd say I made him my um, savior. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit more about that experience. I know you said the galley was full of water and you're just like, God, if you save me, I'll follow you or something like that. So after you said that, yeah. did you feel peace? Did you be like, okay, so what do I do now? I mean, how yeah. did you know where to go after you committed your life to God? Yeah, it was tricky. I, um, I immediately fell asleep in 30 foot seas. I mean, you know, yeah, it was crazy, but I had been scared, scared, scared. I prayed, I fell asleep and I woke up in the very next morning. The sea was totally calm. The coast guard came and found us, towed us into Puerto Rico. And I was high. Like I had never been high before. (laughs) It was just, Oh my, wow. What, you know? And I remember I told my friend that I prayed, I remember, and she was like, you prayed. And again, that was kind of that reaction I was expecting. Um, so I didn't really talk about it to people for a while. I, um, I ended up um, heading back to Boston for a little season after that. And, and so I did go back to my old church, Um, but it was also, you know, again, religion again, it wasn't what I had been experiencing. I'd been experiencing God and they weren't talking about that. So, yeah. So I had to keep looking. Yeah. No, I get that. Cause a lot of people, I had one guest who was on a, few weeks ago and she was talking about how she went over to China and how she was teaching over there and when she came I heard back, that yes. yeah how it was totally different how like you said yes. it was all about religion and what she had experienced it wasn't exactly what she was used to and it's amazing that once people find that relationship with God and you go back to what yeah. you were trying to do before you're just like oh well it's not enough it's not working I can't it's broken continue. yeah you just can't <laughs> yeah do that so once you realize that, okay, 
This is just about yeah. religion and I need to have a relationship with God. What did you do next? So I tried not to panic, you oh. know, and I just kept looking. I kept, you know, doing those thinking walks. I kept trying other churches and eventually finding the places that he had for me. Like the more I trusted God, the more I learned that God could be trusted. Yeah. Right. It's not like I didn't, it's not like I didn't resist some of his ideas, you know, but after I came around to him, I always saw that it was the places that I followed him that turned out to be the biggest blessings. So step-by-step, he became basically my guide, you know, because he wasn't bossy telling me what to Mm -hmm. do. Like I thought, I thought he was going to be controlling like some other people in my (laughs) life, but he's not, but he nudged me in the direction of things. And even in things that I wanted to do, this sounds really weird, but um, okay. So I had pen pals in Alaska Mm -hmm. and um, I always wanted to move to Alaska when I was little. And so after this whole thing with the boat, um, I didn't really know what to do. And I started to feel him nudging me to go to Alaska. Now it's like something I always wanted to do, but really without him doing that, I don't think I would have had the courage. It was really strange. And um, so it took him to get me there. And that's, um, you know, I've been talking about um, these three parts of my life that I that I wrote about in my book. And um, this is the third part of where I spent time really getting to know him. Um, he led me to work. He led me to apply at a church. And Kiana, I I was like, no, God, I don't want to be a church lady. Right. And I literally like did my application and, and it was just funny. I slid it under the door. I looked at it and I realized it wasn't like my real one. I had a fun one and I had a real one. This was my fun one. And I'm like, oh, they're not going to hire me for this, you know, slid it under the door. They called me in for an interview and she said, why do you want this job? I said, I don't. I said, God's asking me to apply, which of course is what this church was looking for. Right. And so what, what the thing was, you know, here I thought God wasn't going to be cool and I'd have no, um, you know, I wouldn't like the friends he would bring, but I can't even tell you how amazing this was, you know, right. You know, you know, he just gave me this amazing new bunch of friends. He expanded my group in ways that, I just never would have imagined, you know, all different age groups, groups, all different backgrounds and um, just the whole thing of, you know, back then all my friends really were the same, you know, and in this place, it was totally different working at this large evangelical church and, and Alaska. And um, yeah, it was really, it was, yeah, he was doing good. He he was gaining my trust. (laughs) I love that because, you know, a lot of times you always think, well, God's going to ask you to do something you don't want to do. Yes. Because that's what you always hear. (laughs) But when you're like, God nudge you to do something that you wanted to do, you know, it makes me think that sometimes the desires in our heart, the things that we want to do, we've always wanted to do. I think that's God from the time we were younger, letting us know, okay, this is what your purpose is. This is what you're meant to do. And sometimes we don't do it because we're afraid of what other people will say. But like you said, God will nudge you like, no, go ahead, try this, do this. And it'll lead you in the way you want it to go and where you need to go. So I think that's awesome that you wanted to go to Alaska and God nudged you and encouraged you, hey, go. And then once you got there, he gave you a job and he gave you people 
to hang out with and people that you got to know. So I think that is awesome. Yeah. And it also speaks to how God thinks about every part of our lives. He thinks about the yes. friends we have, the people we need to be around, who can every help detail. You, who we yes. can help, every little detail. He is that concerned about every little thing. So I love yeah. that part of your story. That's great. And I and and here's the other thing. I um was talking to a friend one day and we were noticing I always like to travel and, and, and eventually I became a missionary, which makes sense, right? Yes, like here's absolutely. The gift and the aptitudes and the things we like, she always liked kids. And with God, she became, um, you know, like a children's minister. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of looking at that. If, if you take what he has made you and do it with what he assigns you and has for you, just how, how incredibly cool it was. And so that was kind of the next thing that happened to me in Alaska as I knew, I always knew I was going to write, but I didn't know what my message, like I didn't know what, I mean, it made sense that. to me that, oh, everybody said all those cool stories in Africa, like write those, you know? So I, I kind of was starting with that, but it was really, um, I didn't really know what my message was. Mm -hmm. And so I had a friend in Alaska, one of those cool new friends, and she set us up. It was like a studio in this room. And we decided we were going to spend Fridays and that's what we were going to do. We were going to go there and just write. And so I, I walk in there the first day and it's beautiful. She has, you know, a candle burning. She has a, um, she has everything just waiting for me, a hot cup of tea. And, you know, so I grab the tea and I, um, sit down in the chair. I was looking out, it was snowing that day. And I was like, you know, just sitting down with the Lord, I grabbed this Bible and I pick it up and I was leafing through like the back pages and it said the word W R I T E which is what I was there to do. Right. So I'm I'm like, okay, good morning, God. Right. And so I look at it and it was really amazing because the first, um, the first verse that I came to was in Exodus and it was all about um, uh, Moses, right. You know how Moses went up the hill, you know, went up the mountain 40 days, 40 nights without eating or drinking. Yes. And he wrote, And the funny thing is the Lord had said when we were planning this whole thing to um, set aside time to write, he said, what, what if you fasted and prayed? And, you know, I I knew it was God because I don't like to fast, right? I didn't think of that. (laughs) And I, I kind of said, okay, but I forgot all about it. Like I was pretty excited for those Chinese leftovers I had in the fridge. (laughs) And here he is reminding me, remember, you're going to fast like, Okay. So then I read the next um, scripture and it was like, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, write in a book, all the words I have spoken to you, Jeremiah 32. And what, what that said to me, again, I always wondered what my, what my message was. And it was like, at that very moment, I knew that I knew that I knew he was showing me, I needed to write my God stories, Mm -hmm. you know, just like the story of how he gave me the message. And um, so it was really, it was really cool. That was what I started with. And, um, and then he nudged me to tell the stories I wasn't gonna tell. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And, and so those were the hard things that happened, you know, that I ran from it was when I was 15 and I lost my virginity on a date rape and I was 17 and I had an abortion 
And in Alaska, you know, I met this guy I thought I was going to marry, but he's now married to a man. Um, so he wanted me to write about those five hardest things in my life. And so I, I put the, I wrote the stories down, but I put them in a drawer because I certainly wasn't going to put them in a book. Right. Mm -hmm. But God asked me to, because he wanted me to put words to my stories with him because other women might not be able to do that, might not yet be able to recognize him in their lives and that they could benefit by reading my words. And as confirmation, it was, you know, people kept telling me I'm reading my stories in your book. Mm -hmm. And so for each hard thing, like the abortion, um, I would write about what, when it happened and then what God did to heal me. And Mm -hmm. then the last part of the book, I'm telling you, if I knew this was where he was taking me, I might not have signed on for it. (laughs) But the last chapters were going back to face those people that um, were part of my story. And so I really wrestled about sharing it all publicly. Um, But, you know, as soon as I agreed to include the date rape story, that next week was when the Me Too thing Um, happened. I'm like, okay, there's confirmation, Mm -hmm. you know, because we all have stories we weren't going to tell. Right. Yeah. And I think we need to, you know, because the enemy tries to keep us in the dark and in the bondage of thinking that we're alone, Mm -hmm. but God can take every single one of those, every single regret. And when we give them to him, you know, he works those situations, not just for our own good, but for the good of the people around you know, around us in those situations. So I watched him do that, you know, and, and as I, you know, as I wrote my book and he had me share my stories to heal me, it was so I could help other people in the same way. Right. I love that. Yes. So let me ask you a question. If there's someone out there who's actively looking for God, what advice would you give them? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I love this one. Yep. If you're actively looking for God, I just want to make sure you know that he is there and he's, he's actively wanting you to look for him. (laughs) And so, um, so one of the things that has been the most helpful to me, and I've just started doing it again with a group at church, it's called the Experiencing God Workbook by Henry Blackaby. And I bet I've done that 15 times over the years. Yeah. And every single time it takes me closer to him. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just recently, my friends, you know, I'm in a Bible study on Tuesday morning and the leader needed to take a break. So one of the women said, would you lead us in that? I know you talk about it. And I'm like, oh, my word, I would love to. And um, so I would recommend that um, if you're thinking about that with God, first of all, I would just tell him, right? Absolutely. It's really that simple that um, and prayer like I thought of before wondering, I mean, it's just talking like you and I are talking right now. In fact, we could, we, in fact, right now, if this is you, you can echo my words in your heart. If this is what you would like to say to God, but you're not even sure. And I would just say, God, I'm not sure about all this, but if you're real, I think I might like to experience you, but I don't know how to start. So will you show me how to show me? Yeah. And if you partnered your agreement with me in those words, I trust, I partner my faith and trust that he will reveal himself to you. Mm -hmm. 
And all you have to do is relax. You don't have to try and do anything because he loves you more than anyone else ever could. Whenever I've had the opportunity to speak to a group at a church, I always sit with God first and say, what is it you want me to say? And over and over, it's really funny because it's always as if for the first time and I've forgotten, he'll say, make sure. And I like lean in curious, totally forgetting the last 20 times. And I'm like, make sure of what, Lord? He'll be, make sure you tell them. And he pauses for effect. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. And he says, make sure you tell them that I love them. Yes. Right? I think that's Mm -hmm. one thing we don't often hear at church. We don't often be encouraged in how to experience God and to know that he loves you. Absolutely. Right? Definitely. I love your answer because... Is so it has so many different faucets, but they all go together. Yeah. So I love the fact that you're like, well, you know, if you're looking for God, He wants you to look for Him. He's looking for you. Yes. He wants you to search for Him. So I absolutely love that. Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for being a guest on the Finding God podcast. It was absolutely wonderful to talk to you. And where can we find your book? Yeah, yes. I um my book is called Marry Me. And that is Mary, M-A-R-Y. God took a really crazy, busy Martha and turned her into a Mary. I love um, and, and I always, I like the wording, marry me. Cause again, mm-hmm. we're all looking for our partner, right? And he yeah. is my partner. So it's marry me one woman's incredible adventure with God. And it's on Amazon and I blog as well. So my website is Elizabeth B bristol.com and when you visit you will find your invitation to join my spiritual adventure team where you'll get encouragement and tips and prayer to help you experience the incredible adventure god has for you and i just want to say a few words that the gift i'm excited to give each person who would like it it's um i have a short video series that's attached to the website it's four little videos under 5 minutes they're quick mm-hmm. and they're it's a it's called seven quick steps you can take to heal all your emotional pain and so remember in the beginning we were talking about our thoughts that lead to actions and sometimes being lies mm-hmm. um and so in alaska when I began working with the Lord on myself and, and with others, um, he, he showed me the, um, inner healing of how to, um, to find healing and to replace those lies with the truth so that, so that I'm not living by them anymore. So these videos show you how to receive the healing you need from God for painful memories of your past. And, um, Yeah, you can find them at my website, elizabethbbristol.com. A box will pop up up with your personal invitation. And when you send me your email, you will get the first video. That is awesome. Well, guys, if you didn't have a chance to write it down, don't worry. All of this information will be in the show notes and you will definitely be able to get in contact with Elizabeth. Well, it was nice talking to you. Thank you so much again for being a guest and have a great day. Thank you so much, Kiana. God bless you. Thank you. Same to you. I absolutely love this interview that I did with Elizabeth. My favorite part of the interview was when Elizabeth was talking about how she ran from God. And for a lot of us, that is a thing that we hear often, that how you run from God because of the way you experienced God as a child or because of how God was 
taught to you or presented to you as a child. So as you get older, you kind of run from God. But it's amazing that no matter where we run or how far we run and no matter what we try to do to get away from God, he never lets us go. He never stops chasing us and loving us and caring for us or letting us know that he absolutely loves us. So if you are having a time in your life where you feel like you're running from God or feel disconnected from God, please know that God is still there for you. God is looking after you. He's caring for you. He cares about you and he absolutely loves you. And just like Elizabeth said, when she finally found God, she realized that he wasn't mad at her like she thought he would be, but that he loved her. So as you go on your journey looking for God, no matter what you've done, just remember that when you find God, he's not going to judge you. God loves you. The song that we're going to hear today is from our songwriter of the week, and that will be me. And it's a song that I wrote some time ago called God Loves Me, and it is sung by a very talented artist named Tamara Bowie. Here is the song, God Loves Me. I know I should say, but he loves me. I don't always do what I know I should do, but he loves me. I say no when he says yes, he loves me.
I would like to thank you so much for being here with me today and for listening to another inspirational story about how people find God. If you love the podcast as much as I love spending time with you, I encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or family member and to make sure that you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I will also love it if you would leave a review for the podcast so that you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show. If you would like to get in contact with Elizabeth or myself, all of our contact information can be found in the show notes and all you have to do is click on the links below and you will definitely be able to get in contact with us. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and let me know that you would like to be a guest and I will make sure that I get in contact with you and schedule a day and time for you to record an interview. If you would like to submit music to the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and send me an email letting me know that you would like to submit a song for the show. In this email, send me a picture, a short bio, and an mp3 of the song that you would like to submit. Well, I think that's all for now. So until next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.